What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by the owner of Andalini's Worldwide Restaurant Group that includes the top 10 pizzeria in the U.S. He's also the author of Unsliced, a world pizza champion, Guinness Book of World Record holder, writer for Pizza Today. And when it comes to dough and cheese, the most sought after speaker in the universe. Welcome, Mike Bausch. What's up, man? What is up? And also, we're going to leave it in. Everything we're doing, we're gonna we're gonna leave it in because this is our second podcast, Sackos. Because the first one, we were a bunch of chatty Cathy's and we didn't even get it done. And now we're doing our second. You just said Guinness instead of Guinness for Guinness World Record. We're gonna leave that in because it's a Guinness World Record. But it's let's a, go with Guinness. Oh man, Guinness. I'm just I I got food and bev on the mind. And by the way, technically. This is our third time <laughs> recording a podcast. We actually do have a podcast recorded. Then the last one that we recorded, we just got so deep into chatting. We literally like 30 minutes flew by and we're like, should we hit record? And uh, we're both like, we have meetings anyway. So thanks for coming back on a third time, uh, a second recording. Um, for you, of course. But Mike, first of all, tell me a little bit about what's most exciting for you in life right now. You got so much going on with Andalini's restaurant group and, you know, pizza champion and world records and being an author and speaking all over. Like what, what's most exciting for you right now? I, I, every day I try to just attack the day and it's a very cliche thing, but you know, I don't take stock of, of how many cool things we have going on. I mean, two weeks ago, Today I was at the White House meeting the president. No, you, know? you weren't. And and uh obviously you don't follow my social feeds, Zach Oates. That's oh, okay. shoot, that's, that's embarrassing. okay. I didn't it see is, that. It's, it's uh the POTUS Instagram and Twitter then posted a photo of us together that night and then reposted it a week later. And I'm it's been a very, very surreal year between winning the Guinness world record for the world's largest pizza party and and that. Uh, at Pizza Expo this year, because I've been doing Pizza Expo so long, I uh, started a consultancy called the Unsliced Restaurant System, where people are doing Zoom calls with me and taking their restaurants from whether it just be one store problems or they're at four stores and they need to unclutter their their organizational chart or their value structure. Uh, just doing the stuff that is not a theoretical for me, the stuff that we live. I find a lot of people are like, hey, how do you do that? Because if you're a big chain, it's been worked out with millions of dollars of consultancy money. If you're an individual, you're just kind of learning as you go and you're making mistakes and I'm helping other restaurants bypass 10 years of mistakes. And one of the mistakes that they don't do by and large is appropriately tending to reviews. And I'm a big fan of you, as you well know, Without being paid by you, mind you. I'm just a big fan of what you guys are doing that I highly, highly basically demand anyone who's listening to anything I have to say that they use Ovation. It's it's a it's an absolute must. And I, I'm a big believer in what you guys do. 
Oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. On, for those of you who haven't seen our booth at the pizza expo, there's a big pop-up banner with Mike Bausch on it. And it says something like, um, I, something like I believe in ovation or like, I, I trust ovation entirely and no, I wasn't paid to say this. Like, <laughs> so true. So t- talking about, you know, you, you mentioned reviews, but what are some things that you find most restaurants get wrong? You know, a lot of, if you were to ask a restaurant 20 years ago, what should they do? A classic thing would say, hey, walk through your front door, see what the customer sees. That hasn't changed. That's a very real thing. But they're not doing that digitally. They're not ordering from themselves or going Mm. in a separate browser and looking at how they look online. And there's some insane basics when it comes to search engine optimization, basic, basic, basics that I've heard in the four times in the last month, people say, well, I'm paying a guy to do SEO. So I got to, and I'm like, that's like saying I'm paying someone. And also their, their website will have just not even the basic tenets of SEO. And it sounds to me like if you were to say, Hey, I'm paying someone to tie my shoelaces, they're not tied, but I'm spending the money. So I got to imagine at some point, this guy's going to come around to tie them. That's what, cause you could basic level thing. Like, then it, on their website, it won't say pizza or the name of their town in workable text, which is exactly what, what Google's going to scan the page for and then put online. It just will show an image, which is not scannable, and something like, everyone says it's the best, which is just superfluous, and it's not going to geotag them, and they are not on the top of Google in their town when they absolutely should be. These are places that have a lot of awards or notoriety. They're number one on TripAdvisor, but they're not number one on Google because of basic, basic, dumb mistakes like that, that no one's telling them about. Interesting. Yeah. And I I love that idea because especially when you take it from the, the end of the day, I think the online review is the last place that the customer uh, connects with a restaurant to have that experience, right? It's like, uh, that's yeah. where they go at the very end, but it all starts with the little things. And something that is really impressive to me about you is that I, I always go around and when I'm, when I'm doing talks, I tell people the little things matter so much because they are the little things. It's easy to do one or two big things, right? But to do the little things really right, it's hard. And something that you do at your restaurant is uh, something really interesting is your Parmesan shakers. Yeah. Can can you tell me a little bit about your Parmesan shakers and why do you do that? And what does that mean to you? It, it's a, it's a stupid one-off thing, but when we were opening our second store, I was emphatic that nothing could be cliche about anything we do that everyone's seen so many pizza places that if they walk into our place and it feels like another pizza place, we're already screwed. So there was only, and this is 2011, there was only two types of palm shakers out there. There was one made by American Metalcraft, one made by Winco. Perfectly fine, a little bit of a spiral glass thing with a metal top. And before every single wedding in America had a mason jar theme, I was like, what's another jar I could find? And I found mason jars. Again, that sounds super antiquated in 2023 but at the time this was the hotness it was before etsy existed you know before that hotness of of every single thing mason jar so i got a mason jar to put them in and then i metal fabricated the lid just so it didn't hit your brain in a way that you had seen something done before there's nothing intrinsically impressive about it but by it just not being the same thing i had seen before i'm already ahead of the game 
Same thing for our centerpieces. Our, uh, it's a lazy Susan, so you could spin the pizza around with a base below it to, to hold the cheese and pepper and parm. Um, basic stuff, but I don't want you to ever feel when you come into my restaurant that this is just another chain restaurant doing the same thing. And that had stemmed from a few years earlier. We had a lot of success with a frozen ravioli, a spinach and artichoke frozen ravioli, not one that every single restaurant had. We found it in a catalog. We tried it like, oh, that's really cool. We'll buy a lot of that. We made a brand around it. We were having a sauce with it. It was popular. We had a lot of customers that loved it. And then this rare one-off little medallion spinach artichoke ravioli, another restaurant started selling it because I realized there's nothing proprietary about it. Yeah, I found it in a catalog that was rare. And then they came to my restaurant, had it like, oh, yeah, they're really having a lot of people that like this. We'll sell that too. And I was like, oh, that's scary. Because if you don't do it yourself, someone else could just do it. And I can't take credit for it. We were trying to take credit. We didn't make that. So I was emphatic. Anything we do, we need to make and create. So even if someone tries to duplicate us, they're going to be playing a cover song instead of playing the exact same song. Yeah. And and that attention to detail, right? The fact that you care so much about the guest experience goes to one, one of the favorite things, one of my favorite things I've heard you say, which is talking about the four letter F word, right? Yes. The the four letter F word that is just the, the worst F word that you can possibly have in a restaurant. And what is that F word? That is fine. Everything's fine. Hey, hey folks, how you guys doing? We're fine. Hey, how was that? Did you like that last weekend? Did you, you want to go back there? No, we don't need to. Well, why? I mean, it was fine, but no, let's try something else. Fine is equivalent to zero return dollars as much as horrible, I hated it. The worst place I've ever been to is equivalent to zero return dollars. So fine, but also fine seems like it's acceptable. Like everything was okay. Hey, yeah, you did some, you did a fine job. And fine. so servers are like, well, they I think they're fine. And that's the that is the death nail in the coffin of a restaurant is the acceptance of fine. And and that's one of those things where you know, when you look at fine and you, you think about all the restaurants that are fine, where are they today? You know, you, and, and the great thing is you don't have to be exceptional at everything, but you, you have to be exceptional. Right. Yes. And, and, and I've heard you talk about that. It just makes so much sense, but, but why is it so hard to do it? Well, and, and when we say like, I say, if you're not impressive by default, you're unimpressive. So Mm. what you could be a divey hole in the wall pizza place and be impressive because that dive ambiance can be an experience that's unique to something else. It's when you are so desperately trying to fit in, I got to fit in. I got to, we got to look legit. Like we, you know, and they get the same chair that they saw the same photos of Italy of a place that they are stock photos they'd ever been to. It becomes inauthentic and it's so desperately trying to fit in that it becomes bland and un, un unimagined. There's no imagination. So I don't resonate. It doesn't resonate. And it's just, okay, we went there, check it off our bucket list, move on to the next thing. And that's the fear that a restaurant should have is how can I stand out? How can I do something that's like, oh, you have to have this. Another failure point is having so many things on a menu 
but they're all okay. They're all fine. But like, oh, but we can make it. We're going to make money. If we, the more we make, the more money. And it's just not true. You'd be better off having eight pizzas than 30 if those eight are mm. all killer, no filler. Because you want the customer, if they come there, I would rather they come, oh, they don't have that. I wish they did and long for it than to get something that's Bush League that you didn't really put a lot of thought into. It's, but, but Mike, if I only market to a certain demographic of people, if my restaurant is imaginative only to a certain demographic of people, if I don't have all those things on my menu, then I'm going to lose money. I, that is a fear, right? The, the again, I look at Chick Fil A and In and Out. They they have like what three things on their menu? <laughs> they're doing pretty right. okay. And, Ch- and Chick Fil A just cut some things. Yeah, they're like, this is too many things. This is <laughs> the, what the the breaded chicken. Let's get less bread. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the going niche and growing from there is strong. Going to your north star, like who's the ideal customer? How are we appealing to them? And then what else can we do with them? And I've done every variation of pizza trying to appeal to the masses. And there's time, like, I'm not about to get rid of gluten-free because it can still bring someone else in for that group when there's just one person in the group of 10 and they all go there because of the person who wants gluten-free. So I make it the best gluten-free I can. And now we're going to have a gluten-free contingent of people that come in. There's a win there. So I'm not the full-blown, hey, I have a bare-bones menu guy, but I'm not about to just buy a gluten-free crust because that's the new trend or nowadays, you know, whether it's keto crust or whatever it is, I have to work on it, create it, and make it to have that promise from me to the customer. Because here's another massive secret of the pizza industry and just all restaurants. It's easier to be great than it is to be mediocre. It's easier. Because when you're like really leaning in and you own that thing, now it's easier to market it. When you lean in and work on it to make it awesome, it's easier to sell it. When you lean on and own that thing, it's easier because the customer, your best marketing is talking about it more. It's when you're like, let's just get something out there. That's when it all goes to hell. That's when everything just sucks. And you're like, how come they're not coming in? Well, I mean, we we made it for them. They should like, I mean, we did it already. And you just half-assed it. And it's the hardest road. When you half ass, it's I'm a big proponent of full ass. Full ass is the easiest path. <laughs> Can I get a t-shirt that says that? I, I, I'm a big proponent of full but, ass. But you know, I think there there are people who do it really well, like Tony G. Like when I went to when I went to uh his restaurant in Vegas, yeah. um it, it like there is a specific pizza. There's like a fig balsamic glaze pizza. That's that, the Calitalia. The Calitalia. I have thought about that probably, I don't know, 60 times since I ate it a couple months ago. And that's, like, easy, that's easier than him trying to win you back through a, a long-term campaign. Obviously, a long-term campaign works. And to be clear to anyone listening to this who doesn't know who Tony Gimignani is, the guy's an anomaly of there's nothing or anyone that compares a pizza to him. That's not just me saying that. It's, it's a, when it comes to Tony... Most, when you say who's the greatest of anything, I always break it down into three categories. There's the Babe Ruth greatest, the Roger or the Mickey Mantle greatest, and the Barry Bonds greatest. There's the first to do it, your your, your uh, Babe Ruth. Then who did it with the most swagger? That's your Mickey Mantle. And then who has the most numbers? That's your Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. 
the thing about Tony is he's all three of those when it comes to pizza. <laughs> he's got the most awards. He's the first to do most of the tricks. And then he's, you know, got the most style points in the way he's done it. So you really can't, it, it's not a debate. Uh, if he's Jordan, I am a solid Steve Kerr. <laughs> I love that. Mike, you just have, you just got a way of saying things, man. I love that. And, and honestly though, and like you both are just such good guys. And I think that's really cool to see how much you care and how much you give back and how much you really do invest in the guest experience. Like you go to Tony G's restaurant and you look at his bar, the labels are all facing the same way. Like he's got this attention to detail that is OCD that it might be tough to have as a husband, but it's amazing to have. OCD is great for a restaurant. OCD is ideal. You want I break down all employees into the categories of, of Winnie the Pooh. Every, oh, every employee okay. is a Winnie the Pooh character. So you have, <laughs> you have Tigger, like the person who's just like, let's go, let's go. Let's do this. Ah, like that, that. Tiggers are wonderful things all day. Too much energy. That's a Tigger. Then you have Eeyore. The person who's like, everything sucks. Like, I guess we're here. I guess we'll do it. Okay, fine. Then you have Rabbit, who's just neurotic. Who's OCD? Like, oh, I don't know. What? Why are we doing that? We're we doing that. We're we doing that. We have Piglet, who's like the host, who's afraid to see. I don't know. Are they mad at me? Did we do this? Like, that's your Piglet. And then you have uh, Owl, who's like the wise older person, who's not really getting in the mix, but they know what's what's up. That's usually like your older chef who just stays to himself. And then you have uh, Winnie the Pooh, which is just your stoners. Just the stoners. Those are all the Winnie the Poohs. Just the kids who are just high and I like this. I like bacon. That's your stone. That's your Winnie the Pooh. And are you I, Christopher you, Robin? No, 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 I am a I am a, a rabbit tigger. The ideal oh. mix, in my view, is someone with OCD with energy. That is a rabbit tigger. <laughs> the worst is a PR is a piglet Eeyore. Oh yeah. Or Dude, a I, Winnie the Pooh uh piglet. Are you are you now that now that Winnie the Pooh's in the public domain, are you gonna write a management book about uh, <laughs> how how to poo your your employees? <laughs> I, I wrote that book. It took me to a much different website. Um, the uh, you set me up for that. That's not my oh. fault. That's your fault. I can go. Why? First off, Zach goes. You do this podcast. Everyone listening, it's a very professional podcast. Very professional. His hair, if you're looking at it, very very put together. But I could go an hour, and we could just. I mean. Break down barriers, Zach Oates. Like, first off, the you you have a lot going on for yourself. You're no spring chicken in the sense of how in the game you are. You are on the scene making things happen. I will say this. I, I'm forcefully complimenting you. The, the integration on Ovation is impeccable to Toast. Most integrations on Toast work well. Yours is absolutely seamless. I don't know how you guys pulled that off. And then you're rolling out new products that each time you guys do it, I'm more and more impressed. And I'm like, how are they doing this? Because you guys are working at an extremely high level. I took on uh, having your review automation that I then come back to. And because I was noticing I was answering reviews in my voice in a very, very particular way, but I couldn't review respond to every positive review, at least not dependably. I'm spending a lot of time on it. And finally, I've reached an apex where my time is at a rate at 13 locations that I finally had to like say, I need help here. And uh, you guys have done that product too. And it's absolutely killer. And my, my uh, staff is doing ovations every day to text back the customer. And it's the only product that's not only 
loss prevention, it's also marketing simultaneously, which is very, very rare. So very stoked for what you guys have done. Dude, I appreciate that, Mike. And and is there anything, by the way, I'm curious about that. Is there anything that you would say, here's here's something that Ovation has done to like specifically help us? Because I mean, you you've run a tight ship for a long time, well before Ovation came in. And so like, I guess one, why did you decide to do Ovation? And then two, how has it helped you over the last couple of years? Well, I did it because I had met you and I was like, okay, I'll try it. I try all sorts of stuff. Not very rare. Usually it's anywhere from on a scale of one to 10, a three, which is a fail to like a six or seven, which is they said they would do it, but oh yeah, it doesn't work for this, this, and this. You guys got a 10. It's not oh. normal. And um, the... The ease of which the text comes to the person after their order, and we're also acquiring phone numbers and emails at a more rapid rate, and the higher proclivity of a customer to review, we're not talking like, oh, it does this one thing, and that's why it brings value. It's so many, and also the the staff seeing the real feedback, so they're not just in a in a mind glaze of what they think it is. And then the review aggregation and the review score, I've seen that done by sign up, by um, review trackers, other companies, yours is the best. And you're, I don't think you're, I mean, you're ovation product, but the hype of what you guys have done is not being touted enough. And anyone that does know ovation knows it, but like I went to a toast rep and I said, hey, you guys are pushing all your new clients to get on Ovation, right? And they're like, no, I, I don't even know it. And it wasn't, I don't think, on the partner trusted site of Toast. And I said, hey, Toast, that's your best app for integrations. A lot of the ones that you push are garbage. <laughs> that one's your best. And you guys barely know about it. So get on that. And my uh, my rep went out of her way to learn everything about you guys after that. Dude, I appreciate that, man. And and yeah, now, now we're on the Toast partner site. Uh, They've been awesome to work with a great, great partner, great product, and appreciate people like you that are able to help drive that connection. So you're awesome, man. Um, Last question is like, while we're talking about the guest experience with this, what do you think is the most important aspect of guest experience today? Here's, here's a really weird thing about, if you would ask me when I first opened, I would say it's food. It's the food. You gotta have the best food. You gotta have the food. You gotta have, and, um, I want it to be that it's not the next you would say it's the service. Okay. A great server, smiling, happy, blah, blah, blah. That's going to determine your success. It's not, I am. It's sad for me to admit this, but it's absolutely true. The ambiance is going to be the biggest determining factor of your success to a new restaurant. If you build a gorgeous, gorgeous restaurant, you will have bodies there. If you build a place where it looks like a cafeteria or it looks like you know, a speaker hall, you're going to have less staff. I see some of the guys who go to Vegas have the greatest pizza in the world. Factually, they've won and they're selling it when they get back to their home place, not in a divey, cool looking place, but a just a rackety, the booth is an old booth, mm. torn up linoleum. They're, used, they're putting this perfect pizza in a pizza box that's unbranded or with like, the brand of the company that says a symbol of quality. It's like, how could this pizza box be indicative of the value of the pizza? If it's the same box we sell to every pizzeria, that type of stuff where their ambiance doesn't match 
And they're like, yeah, we're just not doing the sales we want. I'm like you never invested in the ambiance. There's not a cool factor. There's not a level of purchase pride that someone's going to feel unless they really, really, really know you. And again, I'm not saying dive. A cool dive is can get you there when it's just lame. When it's just lame ambiance, that's what hurts restaurants the most. I, I love that. Because, I mean, one of the restaurants you told me about, China Poblano, in in uh, the Cosmo in, in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, the Cosmo has some fantastic restaurants, and they're super cool. Like, they've got some really cool-looking restaurants with great food, and I think that they've done a really good job of, of that ambiance. Um, and I, That's and, why and it's I, the most packed hotel. I mean, it's the whether or not the, the people are eating at that place, the lines are at that place, the win, the lines – it's not about who's making the best gin and tonic. It doesn't at some point it's beds and alcohol in Vegas. It's just who's dressing it up the best hotels are a better example of that than a restaurant is, but which, which hotel gives you that purchase pride and alleviates the feeling of, Oh, is there going to be bed bugs? Is this going to be a crappy person at the bellhop? But again, it's a toilet, a bed, a shower, they're all selling the same thing. It's just the ambiance investment that's determining why the win made $250 million in Q1 and why Circus Circus lost money, even though they have the most affordable rate in town. Yeah. Right. Because again, it's like that people will pay for that experience. I think that's a, that's a really interesting concept. Well, we are, we are flush out of time here, but uh, Mike, real quick, who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that we should be following? It's you, Zach. It's oh. you. And if someone hasn't said oh. that on this podcast, well, shame. It's oh, I'm you, blushing, Zach Mike. Oates. <laughs> Zach Coates is about to change the restaurant game. Get ready, people. It's already happening. You're just not paying attention. Dude, you're awesome, Mike. How do people find and follow you, Mike? You're everywhere. But how, how do they find uh, and follow you? Go to my Instagram handle is Mikey Bausch. M-I-K-E-Y-B-A-U-S-C-H. Also, if your restaurant isn't where you want it to be, uh, the unsliced restaurant system is something you can reach out to me on my Instagram or go to that website and sign up. We do Zooms. It's going to cost a lot more, but since it's in its infancy right now, it's just an hour group call. I'm going to teach you the exact method of what to do, how I do it from experience, not theory. And, uh, it will be more expensive, but in the first year I'm doing it and going through all sorts of every, I like to have every iteration of situation figured out 100% before I maximize value right now. I think I have 95%. So you're going to get about basically a 75% discount just for it being my year one. Dude, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. Go check that out. I, I, if I were starting a restaurant today, Mike would be the first call I would make. Well, Mike, for pushing us to rise off the couch with the leavening power of Mike Bausch, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being you, my man. Right on. Glad you're with us today, and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.